Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. Well, what are we going on, Sabrina? Going into month six of this craziness? Something that comes up a lot in discussion with my friends is how do you maintain not just sex, but intimacy in your relationships during all this? Um, I wouldn't know because I'm single. And Sabrina is married for how many years now? 27. I'm glad you had to think. Well, we've we've been together for over 30, but we've been married for 27. Which is absolutely crazy. And that's because it just, because you know what the hell you're doing, unlike me. Um, And a lot of my girlfriends and my guy friends are in dating relationships and some are married and the whole thing. So today we thought we would tackle sex and intimacy during COVID. I am so excited. We are joined by Eva Clay acclaimed sexologist, therapist, and I quote, professional troublemaker. Adam Sheck, the man known as the passion doctor, and Casey Calvert, an adult performer and director. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Hi, great to be here. Thrilled to be talking to everybody. (laughs) Um, Adam, I'm going to start right off with you. Thanks. Um, One of the things quarantine has really changed is not only relationships, the actual like mental part of relationships, but mm-hmm. the physical part, the sex and relationship. And mm-hmm. you talk a lot about how important it is to combine the two to keep a healthy relationship. Yes. What the hell? I mean, I again, I speak from that I am by myself. Uh-huh. What do people do? What? How can you maintain combine keeping the murderous? homicidal thoughts out of your head and still wanting to allow the person you want to mar- uh, murder touch you. It's an interesting Freudian slip, the murder marriage part. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough, Melissa, because we are in close quarters now. So they're, they're normal, our normal getaways, our normal uh, stress reduction, can't go to the gym, can't, you know, maybe you can run 10 miles, but, you know, we're in each other's spaces. So how do we do that? How can we do it? And um, I've been working with couples and throuples and everybody for more than 25 years. And it is a challenge. What I suggest is you have to create some special time as well as alone time. I mean, it's cliche, but I've had couples that um, he he Googled how to give a facial and did something <laughs> special for his girlfriend. It's like he, he did his best to figure it all out in the cucumbers or, you know, somebody else figured how do I bake a cake? So it's not necessarily the sex parts, it's the buildup. It's it's what I call all day foreplay. You have to build it up because again, uh, at least in uh, many women for heteronormative, but also for other, that you got to get between the head before you can get between the legs. So you have to build the story. You have to start slow and you have to be present. It's like, yeah, if you've been together 20 or 30 years uh, and even if you've got great hair you gotta spice it up sometimes but it's it's like you know it's when you're kissing your partner instead of just kissing it's like you look at them you hold their gaze for a moment you touch their face and and really remember why you're there and and open your heart 
It's it's that imagery. It's that piece of it to do it. It's it's the close quarters is a problem. But I, I've had some couples um, will go into different rooms if, if they're in a large enough place, and they'll text, they'll sext each other from different rooms. It's like you have to fake it. You have to you know pretend that it, things are uh, you know normal in a way so that we can create that passion and build it up through the day and build it up and, and do special things. It's like, what can you do? Let's commit to 20 minutes every day just to spend time together, whether we're Zooming together, whether we're in the same room. You know, we're so touch-deprived, even in relationships, and, and there's nothing worse than feeling alone when there's somebody in the bed next to you. Right. So it's really, how do I open my heart and spice it up? Yeah, there, there's tons of techniques, but if you're if you're in fight or flight, if your brain is is triggered and flooded, and every time you look at your partner, you get pissed because they remind you of everything they didn't do. Uh, it's it's a challenge. You have to remember the truth. I have a couple I've been working with for about three four months. She had an affair. Every time he thinks about touching her, uh, he remembers that, and it's like we need to change. We need to get present here. So, but Sabrina accidentally locked her husband out of the house the other day. No, he locked locked himself out and it caused Uh some issues. But I I think that one of the things that I'm always curious about is I hear you're talking about the passion and all that, but how do you keep that balance of sexual wellness? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by sexual wellness? Well, I guess I want you to define it for me. Okay. I think it's whatever you think it is. As long as all the body parts are healthy and well-oiled, things are, are there. But I think in a, in a relationship, we have to connect to our body. We have to know our body. We have to, uh, you know, the fancy word is interoception. It's like I can feel what's going on inside my body and know what I need and what I don't and, and ask and have it be okay if my partner or partners are not... Uh, able to give it at this moment. So when it's like, uh, I was working with a couple yesterday. It's like, she likes it in the morning and he likes it at night. And, but they haven't done it in three months. So it's like, he's okay with doing it in the morning. It's not an issue. Well, men are pretty basic. Like where, wherever, whenever, let's be honest. Well, yeah. Hungry, horny, tired, you know, it's (laughs) the emotions we have. (laughs) Um, Eva, I got to ask you because this is something that I've been struggling with just as a normal, not a normal human, but just on, even though I'm, I'm single, but all my friends are struggling with it too is, I mean, in general, and this goes for men too, most of us at this point are just feeling disgusting. Haircuts, no hair color, mani-pedis, facials, all the things we do, both men and women to make themselves feel more attractive. I mean, if I see one of my, more of my guy friends with that freaking COVID beard, it's like, <laughs> come on, you lazy fuck, like shave. <laughs> you know what I mean? How, how do you make yourself? And this is one thing you talk about is uh, no one's feeling terribly sexy right now. How do you make yourself feel like that? First of all, in real life, all of the time, but especially right now during COVID where most people have not gotten out of sweats. I mean, nowadays people are getting a little bit more back in the in the game of not wearing sweats, but I have a friend who hasn't changed out of shorts or sweats in five months. 
Yeah, I, I, great question. I hear that. And, you know, I, I want to propose a redefinition of feeling sexy. Like, what is it really that makes you feel sexy? Is it, in fact, the way you look or is it the way you feel? And I think now's a really good opportunity to start to shift the way that we experience eroticism in our body. And uh, so maybe you're not looking so hot or you haven't had your highlights done, um, you know, exhibit A. Like, I, I get what's going on. But um, I would suggest to begin to shift your experience of sexuality and turn on and pleasure to an inner state. I mean, how do you do that? I mean, honestly, especially with Zoom now, and <laughs> I know Sabrina can attest to this, work weeks have become completely blurred what they are. No one knows what day of the week it is. You're, most, you're, you're just as likely to be on a Zoom call or working on something on a Saturday or Sunday as you would be on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So how yeah. do you even you know, everything is just, everyone has what they call it, COVID brain. It's just all mush. How do you even begin to do that? Yeah. So I'm going to drop a little science here. Uh, our brains are mush because we're in a low grade of fight or flight and our, our limbic system has taken over our frontal cortex. So when we're in that state of high levels of stress and we have a lot of cortisol running through our bodies, so every time you look at social media, you watch the news, all of this is like fear-based stuff, you're triggering these alarms and bells inside the body. And Mother Nature is going, now's not a good time for Nookie. You know, It's just not a good time to get it on when you're in that sympathetic state of arousal for your safety and your well-being. And cortisol also makes you gain weight. It sure does, especially in your belly. Yeah. Which is not sexy. So, it, you know, in order to feel sexier, you've got to relax and down-regulate your system. And that means self-care. So you could slap a new shade of lipstick on and get your hair done, <laughs> but you're still not going to feel like getting it on because if your system is agitated, your sexual arousal system shuts down. So go for a walk, um, go into nature, do some deep breathing, do some yoga. And this is like really what is core to libido, especially for women. Now, if getting dolled up makes you feel beautiful, which it makes me feel beautiful, get fucking beautiful. Like put some stuff on, dress up for a Zoom date, go for a walk, strut your stuff. I do this at the beach. I go for sexy walks at the beach. I like to be looked at and winked at. And if that lights you up, then do that, you know, but it, it's, it's for you. So this is a really amazing opportunity for women to become their own best lover and to really enjoy moving your body. A great tool for this, since you asked, is dancing. Put on a sexy song, get on a Zoom call with a couple of your girlfriends and get down and dirty dance it out. Well, Sabrina's good about getting dolled up. Like you're good about, but you've always good about making the effort. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. But Adam, you had something to add to what she was saying. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I haven't invented, but I use the term conjugal visits. You know, because this lockdown, we need to make conjugal visits. And if we conceive that, you know, conceptualize that, there's a shift as well. Because while Masters and Johnson originally talked about the, you know, the, the stages of, of uh, sex or, you know, starting with desire and arousal, and a lot of 
classically trained sex therapists used to work on desire, 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 and then you'll have arousal. The truth is arousal creates desire too. And you may notice you may not be in the mood, but if you're in the middle of it at some point when your partner kind of insists a little, you may find you're starting to get into it. So committing to a time and a place, a conjugal visit, and, and you know, if someone's just there catering to you, touching you, feeling you, caressing you, worshiping you, you might soften up a little bit and feel a little more open. So right. it's really, you know, whoever's got a little more oomph in the moment may have to support the other because it, it changes, you know, whether it's mismatched or not. Um, Casey, this is where I want to talk to you. I have a lot of questions, but I've been reading, and this is how kind of a, a lot of how the discussion for this this episode started. I have been reading a lot about how the porn industry has had to shift during COVID, not just but how it's being made, obviously, because there's all sorts of constraints because of, of social, di- obviously social distancing, um, but also what people are watching and what people are searching for. What are you seeing? So I have seen some pretty significant changes as a whole. Um, consumption of porn has really changed a lot of people, especially back in March and April when everyone was still feeling really horny and feeling really good before we kind of hit the fight or flight, everyone's cortisol levels are up, everyone has COVID brain and is feeling gross. When everyone was still feeling really good and everyone was cleaning their houses and baking bread, everyone was watching porn traffic on almost essentially every porn site skyrocketed. On my own personal site, traffic almost tripled in April. Wow. And that was fascinating to watch. And a lot of people, there there weren't a lot of searches. There's not a lot of searches for, you know, PPE porn or COVID porn or any of that. That's not actually what people want. That's just a funny clickbait thing to talk about. But I'm finding Mm -hmm. what people really want now is this personal connection. So people have been right. moving from consuming free porn on tube sites to more direct interaction with performers, <laughs> more direct interaction with models, moving to OnlyFans or many vids or paid premium Snapchats and this direct connection with this person who you find attractive, who you sexually desire. Um, For me personally, that really translated to a lot of just conversations about nothing or, you know, I hope everything is okay with your family and I hope that nobody is sick and I hope that that everyone is safe and I hope that you feel safe and people people really looking for that personal connection. One of the things I I had read was that the searches have changed. Just what you said is people aren't looking so much for hardcore. They're looking much more at sort of what they would term the women's porn, which is a lot more mm-hmm. intimacy and and things that are much more romantic. Yes. So for me, I, I from an intellectual level, kind of disagree with the term porn for women. Because to right. me, porn for a porn porn for women can be anything. There's just as much. There's just as many women who want to watch 
incredibly hardcore rough porn is there are women right. who want to watch really soft porn and so porn for women is kind of a misnomer but but yes so people right i'm a i'm a lay person but you're right the statement still holds true people are looking for intimacy right now and whether that's because they're single and they want to have a connection or because they're home with a partner but they're struggling to connect with that partner for whatever reason they're just out there looking adam and eva you are definitely seeing that and concurring i guess with that statement yeah we're hungry for connection real connection and for touch and for emotional connection which means empathy and it's just not going to cut it long term to get that from a screen or you know from a distance and uh, I think there's just incredible hunger to get that need met. You know, in, in general, people aren't necessarily comfortable talking about sex toys. But when COVID first started, I read that Amazon was literally blowing out sex toys. <laughs> Adam, you've been interviewed about the value of sex toys in a relationship. What role are they now playing for not just singles, but for couples also? Well, I'd say for couples that, especially for couples that are not cohabitating or unfortunately got into a lockdown mode where I have, I have some that are in different countries and they literally can't get back together. I think sex toys, especially Bluetooth enabled remote sex toys are really- <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, Bluetooth enabled, okay. I, I, I gotta ask about, yeah. <laughs> Casey's daughter here Bluetooth enabled toys. There are there are a couple of great companies that make Bluetooth enabled mm -hmm. toys. They work with your cell phone. You you can connect the toy. You can they work. There are companies that work close by, but also there are companies that work for if your if your partner's in another country, they work remote through the internet. You can both both toys for penises and vaginas. You can control the vibration or control the speed of the stroker. There are a million really, really fun, really great toys out there that really- they Well, no, really I'm just <laughs> laughing because, I'm just laughing because for me, that seems like the greatest gift and as a sex, as a, as a practical joke. I, I <laughs> Do mean, they, yes, sending, sure. No, but I'm saying, but set, for, for me, sending my friend something like that and then like, all of a sudden in the middle of the night have something start buzzing in their night table. <laughs> I have made quite a few movies <laughs> where the plot of the movie is like the friend puts the remote vibrating butt plug in the other friend's purse and then she's at work and she starts making it vibrate and right. then the girl finds the butt plug in her purse. But then in my movies, the girl gets horny and puts the butt plug in and now has a fun time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the yeah, toys can really, the really great. But I just say that's the difference between what I do for a living and what you do for a living. <laughs> Mine is I have visions of one of my friends who works in corporate America having incessant buzzing coming from their fur. I would say that that was a nice freaky person. <laughs> you know, for for me, you know, it's funny. You know, with uh, men and women's libido, <laughs> like um, I for some friends and I, we went and we signed up for. A pole dancing class and I remember I, this and so my stripper name is Onyx and I remember 
my our husbands, they would sit at the table and they were like, man, I can't wait till they get through with this class. They wearing us out. And we were just like, mm-hmm. it just, it brought on this ferocious appetite. So at some points I had to kind of calm down because my husband made me feel like I was raping him, you know, and it was bad. <laughs> but I'm like, get with it. Get your singles. Let's, let's work this thing out. I have mad love for those girls because they are earning their money. Anytime you got to put your weight over your head, let me tell you, that's not an easy job, but they make it look really smooth. Yeah, Ava, you, you, you're laughing. You're like, <laughs> this is sort of what you were talking about, which is what do you, you're, you have these seminars in this was the, the sex magic and the, was it the Aphrodite club or yeah. what is all this? I'm going to yeah. sign up. Yeah. When women dance, you know, we have a relationship to rhythm uh, and it, it's very deep. It's primal. Uh, it really unlocks something fierce inside of us. And it's a huge libido booster. But what I, what I really wanted to say is like what I hear Adam saying and, and Casey is like the name of the game right now, whether you're single or coupled, is creativity. We have to start thinking out of the box about what sex means. And in many instances, actually move the conversation off of sex and into the erotic. And define that for me. The difference, this is how I define it, that the erotic happens between the ears, the sexual happens between the legs. And right now, I think this is a huge opportunity. If you're listening to this, I I really want to support you in exploring your own eroticism. What turns you on? You know, for couples, distance is incredibly important to keep that flame alive. Esther Perel talks a lot about this, how in order to, to build a fire and to keep that fire burning, it needs oxygen. It needs air. So we don't have a lot of that right now. You know, we have none of that right we're now. We're mashed together. So as much distance and space as you can create in your relationship, go for a walk, operate, you know, work in separate rooms. And, you know, when we're away from our partner, we suddenly start to crave them again. And that's human nature. And there's no relationship that can survive being somebody else's end all be all and everything. We're not designed to fulfill somebody from head to toe, mind, body, spirit. We're designed to meet each other in some ways and then use our village, use the rest of our life to find fulfillment. So if you're pouring all of that into one person, it's going to overburden the relationship and put the fire out. Casey, you're, you're, you're nodding your head. Yeah, um, Dan Savage often says that no one can be your 100%, that you're not looking for your perfect match, that that's just not how human beings work. That's not how human beings are made. We're looking for 70% or 60%, or you connect with someone and they fill this little 10% need of a void that you have, that your other partner fills 90% and everything's great, but you also need this other thing, whether that other thing is maybe something kinky or something intimate in different way that your other partner doesn't provide for you. I'm personally polyamorous. And so I have, I have multiple partners. And for me, not that I want to say everyone out there who is monogamous, you should go and find another partner because that is entirely and completely a personal preference. But for me, it has been a quarantine COVID lifesaver that I have the partner that I, that I cohabitate with. But then I have this other one who is available in a sexier, more fun way that 
I don't live with. And so I don't think about like, oh, you didn't do the dishes today. But how do you do that during COVID and stay safe? And then Adam, I want to go back to you. Actually, I'm going to point that one to you. How do you, I mean, I've gone out on, okay, I went out on a pseudo COVID kind of date with someone who I had been talking to on the phone, blah, 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 blah. Literally not even a handshake. Mm-hmm. It's it slows things down tremendously. I, I was going to say I work with a, a a large part of my practice are working with people, couples, and morsums that are into consensual non-monogamy, whether it's swinging, whether it's polyamory, whether however they want to define it. Sometimes it's about sex. Sometimes it's about intimacy. They're slowing down, mm-hmm. and and the ones that are uber uber rich are still having wild parties. They just can afford to have everyone COVID tested before they come to the wild party. And it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So well, we all know how that's worked out at college campuses. But it's not working at all. No, 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 it's not. If you're in a good polycule, you're good. But it's slowing things down. You know, dating, it's like like the popular dating shows on Netflix now are the ones where people are between walls and and just you have to actually get to know someone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it sucks that you can't touch them, make out, find out if you like their smell. But it's it's also it's something I've been I've been coaching people for years and years. Slow it down. Maybe you don't need to jump into bed the first two weeks, three weeks. It's like, you know, no no one's going to wait two months. In my experience: no one waits even two weeks. <laughs> one of the things you both have talked about, or all three of you have talked about, uh, this actually was something I found really interesting, Casey, on your website, um, is the importance of spoiling your partner. Mm-hmm. You actually, and that's because you're a businesswoman too, Casey. Sure, you little yeah, I can't deny um, that you tell, there's a, yeah. a purpose behind what that is. Yeah, you encourage your viewership to buy you presents. Yeah. And not only that, you actually have a shop section. I do. <laughs> you're getting them correct. every direction. Now, so you tell them to, what is the purpose of that? for that? Honestly, the reason why I added that tab to my website is because people kept asking me, you know, do you have a wish list? Can I buy you something? And so I decided to make it easy on myself and make a little tab on my website. So I could just say, I sure do. I love presents. And I think that when, when my fans buy me gifts, it's very much a show of appreciation. A lot of people want to, they don't necessarily feel comfortable for whatever reason, sending a tip, like a financial tip, sending money, that that feels too transactional for them. But sending me a present, whether it's a sexy piece of lingerie or something practical for the household. You know, I I have an amazing fan who bought me an $800 vacuum. And I use that vacuum. Oh, shit. And I think of him every time I use that vacuum. Now, and do you so, say to him, look, I'm using the vacuum? Do you, so like, yes. how do you? After, how- after he sent me the vacuum the first time, I sent him a picture of me using the vacuum. But it's years later now, and I still use the vacuum. And I know that he knows that I think of him when I use that vacuum. And it's a way to have intimacy with me. It's a way to have a connection with me. It's a way to 
be in my life in a really, really, really sweet, kind, generous way. And I think that this is the kind of thing that can translate to a non-transactional relationship, something that can translate to a partner buying your partner gifts is one of the love languages. We got everybody nodding in agreement. Absolutely. It's generosity of spirit. It feels mm-hmm. good to do things for people. And, uh, you know, especially your partner. This is, you know, we, we bask in their reflected glory at, at the same time, too. It's, it's uh, and, it, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, if you don't have the finances, I've had patients that don't have a pot to piss in that I'm pretty much doing pro bono work with. He'll, you know, he for his wife, he's gone to gone to Santa Monica Beach back when you could, and he'd get a, a thermos full of uh, hot coffee and brandy and make a little picnic. It's just doing special things. But whatever uh, level you can afford, it's, it's generosity of spirit, and that opens our heart. And opening our heart, that vulnerability is what creates the interaction, the deeper connection that we remember. Like Casey's saying, it's like, I remember the vacuum from... You know, and it's hardly the the most um, romantic thing on one level, but on another, she's not forgetting that guy. It's mm-hmm. like it meant something. We all want to uh, have our legacy in there someplace. Eva, what you, you're you're also agreeing. I am, and I, I want to add like another layer here into this because I, I want uh, to offer some practical suggestions. So yes, if please. You, if you're in partnership and you, you want to murder your partner like we talked earlier about you know it's sometimes hard to summon the generosity for them if you're angry with them but I really recommend scheduling a temple night which means a date night once a week I call it temple night you could date night and Adam would call it conjugal visits Mm -hmm. um, where you lavish each other and you take turns Mm -hmm. and now we talked about stress and cortisol and how everyone has COVID brain. Well, what if your partner was your greatest ally in helping you maintain your sense of wellness and regulation? So lavish each other, lay your partner down, give them a full body massage, feed them their favorite food, pleasure them sexually in the way that they want to be. Just give them what they want because it's going to be your turn then. So you can actually be each other's greatest kind of therapist getting through this. So instead of fighting about it, sync up, become a team and get through this together. You use the word temple and you use, you know, you know, a lot, especially on your website, a lot of very sort of erotic words. How important is the vocabulary that you use? I think it's really important. Language is hot. Language is sexy. And again, creativity, I think, is the name of the game right now. So if you're used to having sex in a particular way with your partner and you've been in that routine, you know, most couples get into routines and then you get sick of each other and you're tired of it. And this is where we start to see in my practice, I see this a lot, women stop wanting sex. And it's not necessarily that they actually don't want sex. They just don't want the sex that they believe is available to them. So how do you change that? Get creative. Start doing new things. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to run out and buy a bunch of toys or try these wild and crazy positions. But like Adam mentioned earlier, use the imagination. How can you seduce your partner? Tease them. Create a story. Put on a new dress. 
you know, it, this is really an opportunity to reach down into our erotic imagination and pull up some new bells and whistles, have some fun with it, you know? And it's great. It's going to dislodge your routines. That's what's going on with all of us is our routines have been interrupted. Casey? Yeah, I just want to throw in that a really great way to spice things up is to watch some porn with your partner. Talk about what yeah. would turn both of you guys on and and find it online and watch it together and see what happens. How much of this is also getting over inhibitions right now? I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot. I think that we're not used to spending this much time with our partners for people who are quarantined with a partner. I think we're used to, I think a lot of people are used to, sure, maybe we share a bed with them, but then we wake up and we go to work and we go our separate ways and we come home, maybe we have dinner and watch a movie and go to bed. People are getting to know their partners in a way that they maybe never thought that they would because of quarantine. And so that puts up a lot of roadblocks that now need to then be disassembled to get back into that really important level of connection and intimacy. Adam? Yeah, well, it's it, sharing sharing your fantasies is something I really work with couples in, in doing. It's sharing those fantasies. And, you know, we have so many considerations in the way, Melissa. It's like, one, are they going to judge us? Are they going to reject right. us? Are we going to judge ourselves? Are we this? And yet, it's another step in vulnerability. Let's start with a little fantasy. It's like, I've got couples that are excited. They bought a cock ring. That's, you know, that's a huge step in their, their vanilla life. And it's a wonderful thing. It's so like... What about someone like myself? Like, I am not in a relationship. I've gone mm -hmm. out on some dates. Mm -hmm. How do you, especially now, you, first of all, obviously, you have to trust the person, test it. Did I, how do you get through the fear of actually touching another human being? You know, I, I like I said, I went on, had one, like, literally not even a handshake. Right. And then another one where it was like, this was the big moment, double elbow bump. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. That's just like, really? I mean, I can't moisturize my elbows anymore to make them attractive. My, my, what hot elbows. Exactly. <laughs> how do you move that? If you're in starting a relationship, how do you, especially in, in angst-ridden times, even start that? COVID is the new STI discussion. People, yeah. you know, are doing that. People can get tested, but you get to know someone if, if you can stand them after the first or second date, Melissa. That's a big thing for most yeah, people. Yeah, well. If, if you're not past the first date, then who the fuck cares? You, it doesn't matter if you tell Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to pretend that one day I am going to have a second date. So, yeah. So on the second date now, we can, you know, let's fantasize in your mind the second date and you want to do something and you've had the COVID test and you've had an antibody test and you've showed him your STI profile. And then you can, you know, you can uh, rub elbows through uh, a barrier. <laughs> shower curtain. Yeah. Shower curtain. I have a, friend, it, a girlfriend who came over in a shower curtain and hugged me. Oh, oh. You know, it's, it's, it's really like, like uh, Eva says, it's how do you regulate? You know, co-regulation is great with a partner, but if you don't have one, you have to self-regulate. How do you take a deep breath and reset your neural network so that you're willing to stretch a little? You know, what's the calculated risk? Everything's a risk, but, you know, what's the calculated risk? Somebody else doesn't want to, you know, get, get COVID any more than you do. Uh, whatever it means these days. 
So it's, it's really, how do I settle myself? How do I feel confident? Do I need to talk to my, my girlfriends, guy friends, friends, friends uh, about it and, and get talked down? But it's, it's, again, do I need to meditate on it? Whatever your practices are, do I need to do yoga? Do I need to run 10 miles? And then, okay, I'm rational again. Right. If, you know, if we're hugging and our heads are over here and we're wearing masks, most likely we're not going to get anything. So am I really that concerned or is it someone's internalized something, whether from, you know, the current situation or from, you know, the situation um, uh, from childhood? I mean, I, I worked with a, a gay couple where one of them, uh, he was so OCD, he did not like mess, didn't like mess. Sex was too messy. It was too messy. It really took a long time to, to get through to appreciate that mess can have its, its perks too. Right. Same, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going we're gonna to get used to this. If all of us could have one takeaway, what would it be? Eva, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it again. Uh, think outside of the box. Okay. And, and start to reinvent what sex and love really means to you and have fun doing that. Casey? Uh, I'm Besides go- buy you gifts? By, yes, by my presence. No, um, that is not the takeaway. Um, my, my biggest takeaway is that uh, start start kind of what we were talking about at the end of our conversation. Start being vulnerable vulnerable with your partner. Start start talking about sex with your partner, whether they're a long term partner or someone you just met on a dating app and haven't actually physically touched yet. Start, start having these intimate conversations. Adam, I'm gonna let you wrap it up. Thanks, it's keeping it real. Be authentic to, to create a real connection and, and be, uh, be creative, but remember your partner is not the enemy. You're on the same side. So if you want to tear their head off and, and rip them a new one, remember, take a breath. They're on my side. We're in this together. Let's face a common enemy instead of make ourselves the enemy. Let's turn toward each other, not against each other. You guys, this has been so much fun yes. and so informative. I cannot thank you enough. And uh, God, who knows? If my life ever turns around, I might be calling one of you for advice. <laughs> anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. So thank fun you. to be here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us.